In this episode of the OIS podcast, Dr. Hassan Sadri visits J&J Vision Global Headquarters in Santa Ana, California to meet with their newly appointed Worldwide President of Surgical, Mr. Warren Faust, who shares his background leading up to his new position, his focus for the organization moving forward, enhancing the customer experience, and challenges to address unmet vision needs. Let's listen in. Good morning. Hi, I'm Hassan Sadri, Board Certified Ophthalmologist. We're very excited to present our next guest at the OIS podcast today. We have Kevin actually videotaping us, and our next guest is none other than Warren Faust, uh, the new chief here at J&J for ophthalmology. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for, uh, thanks for coming. I'm excited to be with you. Absolutely. Everyone's really excited to meet you, and so I guess this is our segue into who you are and you know, tell us a little about what you're about. Everyone's excited. Everyone's asking me, who's this guy? Who's this Warren guy? I'm like, here he is. <laughs> so we're excited. Thanks for coming on the show today. Um, and wish you a happy new year. Congratulations on the new role. Yeah, I know, thank, thank I, you. I know Tom has, I'm sure, been kind of, you know, transitioning for you. But tell us, tell us what um, your background and uh, a little about yourself. Yeah, sure. Uh, first of all, thank you. It's um, it's exciting to get to be with you. I've um, heard a lot about you. I got to meet you in person today for the first time, uh, which was great. And, and I appreciate the work that um, OIS is, is doing. And it's great to be here with everybody. And um, you said it, um, you know, Tom Frenzy is a legend. And um, it's exciting to, to have spent the last couple of weeks with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really excited now after the holidays to, to get started. And so a little bit about me. Um, first of all, I'm a dad. Um, I've got a six-year-old son. He just turned six over the holidays. Um, that's, that's my son. And then my little angel, I've got a four-year-old daughter who um, we, we saw Frozen 2 over the holidays. So um, as you might imagine how I spent my holiday with a, a six and a four-year-old. And then, um, and then I'm married to my wife, Stacy, who's been with me through, honestly, all of it. We, um, we've relocated, I think, six or seven times um, now with um, Synthes or Johnson & Johnson. We'll talk about that a little bit. Um, but we're really, really excited to be here at um, Johnson Johnson Surgical Vision. Yeah, there's not like family because I think that we, everyone needs a why, right? We get up in the morning. You're in a 5 a.m. club like me in the morning. <laughs> My friends ask me, why are you up so early? Are you have problems sleeping? I said, no, I go to bed early. <laughs> and then you're in the same club. I think that the why of it, the family is everything. And this work family is amazing, too. I mean, from the bonding you guys have at J&J here is, is remarkable. Tell us a little bit about your transition over from the other role to the new role, what were you doing before, and um, what, are you, what's your, what are you excited about for the new role? Yeah, great questions, and I think the family portion you, you pointed out, um, I'd love to highlight because that's really important to me, both home family and work family. Um, listen, I, I've had the privilege of spending the last you know, two decades um, in pharmaceuticals or in medical devices. Specifically, the majority of my experience in the, of those 20 years has been in what I would call specialty surgically related uh, medical devices. So I worked for Synthes Trauma, Craniomaxillofacial, and, and their uh, Depuis Synthes Orthopedics Department. Um, and then the last four years of my life I spent in plastic surgery and aesthetics, which I think it's important because there's there's serious analogy to what I've already been able to experience with Tom and with you and with mm-hmm. others around the ophthalmology community because the the leveraging of the deep insights, the connectivity that happens between industry and surgeon leaders and uh, industry leaders um, in ophthalmology is very similar to the way that it happened in orthopedics and in plastic surgery. And so I think above all that experience, I'm going to be excited to take with me um, into that um, that journey to go and connect the insights that our surgeon customers will give us to inform what we need for patients going forward. That's, that's fascinating background because I think there's a lot of analogies for the audience. When ophthalmology is uh, similar to aesthetics, has a lot of patient share billing. 
And I think that that's what makes it unique, and I'm glad to have that. I'm sure that was part of the major reason, aside from your good looks, that why you got this new job. <laughs> um, it's definitely not because you're a Bama fan, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> no, but the, the aesthetic portion and derm and mostly aesthetics, I would say, and ophthalmology, as you know, are very, very similar because the patient gets some coverage through insurances, but also they identify that there's technologies out there maybe that is not uh, covered and they're willing to pay for it for a better lifestyle or in this case, uh, better uh, uh, visual acuity. So, you know, tell us a little bit about that now. Tell us with that background coming in, do you see similar similarities? Do you, what, what are your, what are you, what's your vision for 2020, the year of perfect vision? Yeah, so no, it's a great question. There And there are a lot of similarities to that. And, and remembering that these are private practice, in many instances, um, individual businessmen and women who are making a living in a payroll, and they have folks on payroll that they have to support, and they have businesses that they have to tend to. And I think the customer experience is really the answer to the question you just asked, because how we approach the customer experience and ensure that we're making it easy to do business with and making sure that you're able to communicate with your patient base and potential patient base in the appropriate way and then to be able to seamlessly manage through all of the transaction from order fulfillment to billing both directions. I think all those things are really important. And so those were certainly high priority in the spaces that I've come from before. Um, but I think most importantly is that connectivity to our clinical advisors, to our surgeon community, to being present. It's really important, I think, to be present yeah. with the people. And so when you spend time with surgeons and you spend time understanding what their needs are, then we together can find out what are those unmet clinical needs that we go after together. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to see that as a real focus for, for the organization. For me personally, I will just say... A lot of great plans have been built and, and executed upon here, um, largely under Tom's watch, but as the, in the organization as a whole. So my focus is really going to be to continue that, excuse yeah. me, to continue that, but I want to get out and, and have some engagement. So what you'll see from me is the presence at those industry meetings, the engagement with our surgeons, with our advisors. Um, in the first 100 days, I'll be visiting each one of our regions. I'll go to every one of the Johnson & Johnson Surgical Vision kickoff meetings, North America, South America, uh, Europe, and, and in Asia, mm -hmm. and I'm really excited to get to do that. And mm -hmm. during that time, I'll really be searching for that interpersonal connectivity mm -hmm. with our surgeons, with our customers, with industry leaders, but also with our people, because I think that's really important. People are the most most important thing that that drives this this industry absolutely I, I think I'm, I'm excited about that because I think you you're um, you know cut from the same cloth of frenzy because he was very focused on and him and you know people I can't like, sing though yeah that's okay <laughs> that's okay but he he and others like Mezo same kind of concept really came back from I would say Gavin Herbert so that really focused on the customer which is in this case both the patient and then the physician I think that's really critical, and I think that's great for you, for you to get out there and kind of say hello um, to all the surgeons. Are there specific things that you think that are challenging for your role coming up in the next few years that you're seeing headwinds, would you say, whether it's for us, for instance, as surgeons, is obviously reimbursement challenges um, and how we were talking earlier about, you know, my excitement about how the <clears throat> sort of the patient share billing and techno advanced technology IOLs, uh, you know, has now become an essential part of the practices. Do you feel like, um, are there areas of pearls and pitfalls that you have, that you see that, that's coming down the pike, um, that come top, top to mind? 
Yeah, sure. I, and I think reimbursement is going to be one of them. Remember that, um, and you know this, we're in this together in the name of a patient. And so I think the real criticality is for us to get into that unsolved clinical need. Um, we have a lot of great technologies that we've launched. There's a lot of technologies in the industry, but there's still many unmet needs. Mm -hmm. um, there's, you know, probably 1.3 billion people worldwide who have vision impairment. Yeah. And 80% of that is correctable if it's diagnosed early and if it's treated early. And I think there's a lot of work to be done, particularly for someone like Johnson & Johnson, who stands in a leadership position, frankly, because of the depth and the breadth of the portfolios that we have, not just in surgical vision, but across the entire portfolio. And so I think you're going to see us make a real concerted effort to put vision first. There, there are, another unmet need is just the simple fact that patients don't all have access or even understanding of their vision benefits. And so I think in some ways a grassroots campaign, but mm -hmm. a real concerted campaign working with professional societies and with one another to make sure that patients are at a minimum, and this is a minimum, they're getting an annual eye checkup with their physical. And that's not happening today. Frankly, it's not even happening at a place like Johnson & Johnson mm -hmm. where we really want to engage our employee base to do that. And, and we'll be working with others to, to, to make that call. Yeah, it's easy. Patients come by and they're like, well, when, when do I need an eye exam? I'm fine. I'm able to see everything. And, you know, there's things that we could pick up like diabetes, high blood pressure, you know, just to name a few autoimmune disorders, to say, to say the least. And I think, it, to, you, to your point, it's it's sort of um, really important, prudent for us to both as providers, but also um, leaders in the industry, to be able to emphasize that. What are your thoughts about the future of like AI and some of the things that you may have read, and and develop developing basically care for patients diagnostically? I mean, there's a lot of things as you may may have seen, like retinal you know retinal examinations, for instance, um, can be done at the nursing home, now at the homes, that patients can actually take a photograph and you know, kind of take a picture and there's an interpreter and they don't have to come to the office necessarily. Because you know, they come to the office, what do they do? They wait an hour, hour and a half, they fill out forms. Could that have been done over online? Maybe, you know, and I think there's a lot of opportunities. Any thoughts there as far as J&J &J getting into diagnostics or do you think you're just gonna be focused on delivering the therapeutic side of it? Yeah, I think there's going to be a, a blend of both of those things. Certainly, we have to keep our eyes on the near term and what's in front of us yeah. and some of those challenges that you talked about and opportunities, frankly, that exist. Um, the advancement in the premium category for IOLs is dramatic. The, the leadership position that we want to cement from a Johnson & Johnson surgical vision standpoint in astigmatism, for example, um, with Technus Torque too, I think those things are the very near term. Mm -hmm. So to your question around AI and, and um, digital surgery and things of that nature, Johnson & Johnson, as a large entity, has taken a major stance mm -hmm. into the future of digital surgery. And so there's a lot of discussion around how will we collectively use mm -hmm. AI to inform um, both diagnostics, but also some other things that you might not immediately think of. Customer experience is one of those. Yeah. How are we interacting with you? How can we predict we will be interacting with you? How can we predict what you might need? Supply chain, logistics, there are consequences that create both efficiencies for you, cost savings for you, and opportunities for us. And so we're exploring all of those things in very, very deep detail now. Mm -hmm. um, so I think those are probably the more practical applications of those technologies in the near term. And then I think as we get out into the long term, it's pretty clear that diagnostics, even take vision out for a moment, if you're just talking about medical or pharmaceutical diagnostics, um, those technologies are going to play a, play a critical role. I think the watch out is there will be many dollars spent and wasted trying to find exactly how that great technology can fit into a mm -hmm. practical application. Mm -hmm. So we want to be 
conscientious about that, and we will, um, but those things are definitely in scope. Very good, very good. Um, you know, we we wanted to wish you a happy new year. I know you just got started, probably stacks of emails, and uh, yeah, it was tough tough loss for Michigan for us. But anything, <laughs> any parting word, any parting words for for us and the listeners and the, and viewers for OIS for this year? Now, listen. Um, first of all, happy new year. Thank you. The warm welcome that I've received has been just tremendous. You know, and you mentioned a couple of names even while we were talking. But um, Tom did a great job of introducing me around. I've already been in touch with um, Jim Mazo and some of the other folks in the in the industry, and they've been so welcoming. And um, I'm appreciative of that. And I'm excited to get to know people. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to miss Hawaiian because I'm going to be at the kickoff meetings, as I mentioned, with our team. Mm -hmm. um, and then after that, I think um, folks should expect to see me at the, the Congresses. And um, I would just encourage people to come up and say hello and uh, look forward to getting to know everybody, mm -hmm. look forward to working really hard for the thing that's most important, and that is for us collectively, the community collectively um, in ophthalmology to, to make a difference for patients into the future. Yeah, we welcome you to the ophthalmic community. Welcome, Thank brother. Thanks so much. <laughs> We hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to join Warren Faust at OIS in Cambridge, Massachusetts on May 14th. Visit ois.net slash register to sign up. That's ois.net slash register.